0: This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Hold True Tattoo Studios. The new studio is now open in Hamilton and if you're interested in getting any tattoo work done or discussing any designs, please contact the chief artist, Brian Bell. You can find Hold True Tattoo Studios on Instagram and on Facebook. So if you're at all interested, please check them out. Right. Okay. Perfect. So, we're joined today by Rob Kearney, who has uh, just very recently been announced as the pound for pound strongest man in the world. That's that correct?
1: Yeah. Not not too shabby. Which is uh, pretty pretty exciting to say the least.
0: The. You know, I've been I've been thinking about uh, I've been thinking about you, you coming onto the podcast and how what what would be the best way of starting now. You have to take my word for this—that I gave this a lot of thought. Okay, <laughs> you probably know—you probably know what's coming. But the the social media handle has to be the first place th- that we start. Uh, I'm sure for, for a number of reasons, but you uh, you go by the the title of the world's strongest gay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, fantastic. Now, the first time—I must be honest—the first time that I heard. Uh, heard about you was on the Joe Rogan experience which you were a guest on and it's it's fantastic that someone competing in a sport like you compete in is showing that that pride uh, and, and putting that message out there so is that is that a place that we could start start the discussion and, and just your feelings on that yeah
1: yeah you know um for me it was so I came out uh back in 2014 so I was 22 years old, and I had actually already turned pro in strongman. So um, I've been doing strongman since 2009 and worked my way through the weight classes. I was U90, 105, and then now up into the heavyweights. And back then, I was a 105 athlete. So I I'd won the Amateur National Championship in America, turned pro, and was also battling you know, with my sexuality throughout this entire time. Yeah. I, you know, lived the quote unquote heteronormative kind of lifestyle. I, I dated a girl for a little while and realized I wasn't happy whatsoever and ended that relationship because I really wanted to find myself and figure out what the hell was going on. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to actually, you know, meet my husband, Joey, at that time. And so... Let's see, I think back, it was the Arnold in 2015, I was competing in the Amateur World Championships as a heavyweight, and I broke the, the Amateur Heavyweight Log Press World Record. Yep, yep. And so that was kind of a big moment in my career because I realized that I could, you know, possibly compete with the big guys. And back then my Instagram handle was only, you know, just I think Rob Kearney, like pretty basic. <laughs> okay. And it was at that moment where, like, I started getting a little bit more traction on social media and, you know, kind of looked at the bigger picture of what I was doing and, you know, kind of made the decision to, to change my Instagram to World Strongest Gay. And that really is just to kind of, my biggest motivation is kind of twofold. Um, you know, to kind of show everybody and reshape what people think gay is, yep. uh, because I think, you know, there's this stereotype of what gay men are, how they should act, um, how they should dress and all this stuff. And, you know, I don't fit into that mold whatsoever. Yep. Yep. So, and on the other side of that, um, it really comes down to, and where my big push has been lately is showing LGBTQ visibility in sports, um, you know, and specifically professional sports. Yeah. You know, I think if we look across the gamut of the major sports across the world, there's really no openly gay men competing at the highest level. Um, you know, there's a professional golfer that is openly gay. Um, you know, on the women's side, there's a ton, you know, we have, you know, uh, Megan Rapinoe, Sue Bird, all Billy Jean King, like all these amazing female athletes who came out. And I feel like that is, you know, considered more normal. You know, I think, you know, fitting the lesbian stereotype of athletic women is really, um, you know, I don't think people are too surprised, but when they see a gay man, um, you know, competing in arguably the most hyper sport in the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and now being crowned, you know, the pound for pound strongest man in the world. It really is, I think, super important to just show everybody that just because of your sexuality, it won't put limitations on things that you can achieve.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, when we started the, 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 the martial focus podcast our or, or my intention was really just to, to focus on martial arts and then, it very quickly moved into uh, covering things like mindfulness, yoga, mental health, and it's kind of just grown arms and legs, which has been fantastic. And, and then I heard yourself on, on, on Joe Rogan, and that, this part that we're discussing at the moment really sort of resonated with me. Uh, and, and, and I thought your accomplishments in the sporting world are obviously fantastic. But this element of your story, to me, was just as interesting and, and just as inspiring as the records that you hold and the lifts that you do, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, as, isn't it a shame that this is still required? But, I mean, it, yeah, you know, I guess to, to a point it is.
1: You know, I think I think it is, you know, but it, it's also needed still, um, yeah. you know. Just a couple of weeks ago, I put up a post on my on my Instagram showing the amount of hatred and you know bullshit for a lack of better terms that yes. I go through on a daily basis on social media. Yeah. And it just goes to show that like you know the LGBTQ community isn't fully accepted still. Um, it is not normalized like we want it to be. So, you know, people like myself that kind of wear our pride on our sleeve and make it a a known fact that no matter where I go, you know, I'm an openly, very proud gay man with an amazing husband and I'm one strong dude as well. Yeah, (laughs) Um, I think it's I think it is just really important, you know, it's you know like i said you know i get all these messages of hatred and you know comments on my posts on a uh, literally like i said on a daily basis yeah. um, you know and actually today is my husband and i's 6 year anniversary so i'm going to be putting up a post like that today
0: happy um, anniversary what was that happy
1: anniversary oh thank you <laughs> um, you know but the flip side of that is i guarantee because i'm going to post something about my husband i'm going to lose a few thousand followers today yeah. Um, and you know, there's going to be a ton of hate messages, um, you know, horrible comments on the picture. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's kind of horrible to say, but I've come to expect that with every time I post something like this. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side of that, I get some of the most amazing and inspiring messages I've ever received as well. Yeah. Um, you know, when I get a message from a parent of an LGBTQ child who says, you know, I didn't know. How my kid was going to be able to grow up. I didn't know what to expect for their life, but seeing you and your profile and what you're doing with your life gives me hope and excitement for my child. Um, You know, receiving a message from, you know, a 16 year old who was literally contemplating suicide until he found my page. You know, messages like that are more motivating and more inspiring than anything I could have ever imagined. And, you know, I will take a million hateful, messages telling me to go kill myself just for that one inspiring message you know from a kid that you know isn't gonna you know kind of contemplate ending their life just because they're not comfortable with their sexuality
0: yeah it's uh over here in the uk our uh well strongman is is, is huge over here actually when there's a lot of tv coverage and stuff but our our main sport is is, is football or or soccer as, as you would you would know it in the states and Obviously, there's a there's a, a a women's football league as well, uh, but men, even to this day, and you think it's 2020, even to this day, the amount of people who who are unable to to participate in in a sport that they love, and be who they are at the same time, is I still often think that we're not as far advanced as what we think we are. Uh, how was strongman the 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 whole strongman uh, scene? I guess when you did announce that you were you, you were coming out as, as a gay man,
1: it was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, strongman is one of the sports where uh, you know it's more of a brotherhood than it is anything else, and I think it just comes down to the fact that we all realize how much hard work and pain we put ourselves through to get to this level of the sport. Um, you know, when you look at, you look at the competitions, you know, there's only about 30 men in the world that are at this level that yeah. I compete at. And, you know, so when I came out back in 2014, I, you know, like I said before, I was actually still a one Oh five kilo pro. Um, I really wasn't on this world stage just yet. Yeah. Um, but that being said, when I came out, I still had guys like Terry Hollins messaging me um, and, you know, congratulating me guys like Brian Shaw. And, you know, I hadn't even done these big shows yet. I haven't even met these guys yet, but just them seeing a pro strongman athlete, being able to be themselves. um, You know, it was nothing but acceptance from, from the biggest names in the sport. That being said, um, you know, obviously there were still a lot of negative comments Mm -hmm. and people coming after me. And, what I realized was even though, you know, if those people were in the sport, they didn't understand the culture. Um, You know, like I said, you know, when we go to these competitions, it literally is like a dysfunctional family reunion every time we get together. Uh, It's a bunch of big dudes lifting shit are, you know, my husband and their wives and partners are, you know, out drinking and having a good time. And then, you know, that we're all hanging out in between events and between days of the contests. You know, it really is, you know, like a family at this level of the sport and we just all love each other and respect each other so much. So it's also a great feeling knowing whenever I get a negative comment, whether it's on the World's Strongest Man Instagram page or if it's on a Giants Live post, um, I know I don't have to defend myself because those guys are gonna be the first ones to hop on the post and jump down, you know, kind of go after those people for making these horrible comments. Um, And it's really just an amazing feeling to have that support especially from people that I've looked up to for so long, you know, because I'm, I'm young, I'm only 28. And when I was getting into the sport back in 2009, guys like Brian and Terry and Lawrence Chalet and all these guys were, they were, they were competing at world's strongest man. So now to consider these guys friends uh, and competitors and know that I have their love and support really is just like, it's, it's like the coolest thing ever.
0: Yeah. You must, you must take, uh, you must take a lot of pride in, 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 in being, being there as someone who's leading the way as well, because the hope is that if there are people within your sport, even with that acceptance, but there might be people in your sport who you will give confidence to, to to, to come out to the world, or, or as you've mentioned, not just in your sport and in, in any walk of life, you had the bravery to to, to step out there and hopefully, you must take pride and encouragement that you're leading the way to do that, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. You know, and that was one of the big reasons behind the rainbow Mohawk at World strongest man last year, you know, yeah. it was World strongest man was during pride month last year um, in June. And I just felt like it was, a, it was my first time competing at World strongest man when it was in the U S okay. so it was kind of this full circle moment where I like looked at it as an opportunity to really use my platform for as much positivity as possible. And, you know, it's, it's, it really was just an absolutely amazing experience. And, you know, I never thought that just by proclaiming that I'm in love with another man, I would turn into uh, this like international LGBTQ sensation. Yeah. Um, people would be looking to me for advice and, uh, you know, wanting help on certain things. And And, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, I get messages from, from kids all the time that don't know how to come out or they don't have an accepting family and they're looking for advice. And, it puts me in a tough spot because I'm lucky. I, I had such an amazing coming out experience and I know a lot of people don't have, they don't share that same, uh, that kind of same thing as I do, but to be able to just kind of be an open ear, uh, for, for anybody out there that is having these difficulties and try to like, you know, show them the way that not everything is so dark and gloomy. And even though it might feel that way right now, there, there is a a bright, beautiful future ahead. Um, you know with me coming out at 22 i was already you know independent um i had a masters degree at the time and was working and you know life was pretty good so when i came out i kind of had this big f u attitude that if yeah. you didn't like it um i don't need you in my life yeah. and that's just kind of how it's been ever since and you know it's a really testy uh kind of subject for a lot of people because i i i realize a lot there's not a lot of people that that think like me in that situation um you know, but still, like I said, being able to show everybody that when you finally get to be authentically yourself, uh, life is so much more amazing to actually experience true love and experience real happiness. Um, you know, there really is nothing better than those two things.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So you, you mentioned already you've mentioned just how an elite level you you have achieved. And as far as how many people compete, uh, I think when we watch World Strongman, for example, on the television, and it's there and and you sit down and and, and you watch it. I think it's the same as, as a lot of different sports where people don't realize how you actually get there in the first place. So how does one become a competitor and the world's strongest man. So there, there's a few different
1: ways to go about it. Um, the easiest way is to just win World's Strongest Man, and then you get invited back the next year. Okay. <laughs> um, from there, uh, there is the the Giants Live qualifying series. So Giants Live is kind of the uh, the feeder system to World's Strongest Man. Okay. And. You know, competing at those competitions. Um, if you get on the podium, so if you're top three, you had an automatic invite to the, to the following year's World Strongest Man. Um, and then from there, you know, now at World Strongest Man we have 25 athletes total. So that pretty much gives us about between 20 and 22 athletes. And for, you know, the final invites are typically what they refer to as wild card invites.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So they'll look at all of the different pro, you know, kind of leagues and strongmen. So right now we have, you know, Giants Live and World Strongest Man is one. We have the Arnold series um, and the Arnold Strongman Classic as another. There's now World's Ultimate Strongman based out of Dubai. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple of others like Strongman Champions League and Ultimate Strongman. So what the promoters will do for World's Strongest Man is they'll kind of look across all of the different, um venues and see who's been competing where, who's been doing really well, um, and you know, give those other invites to guys that they might not they might not necessarily have directly been, you know, qualified for worlds, but they are deserving of a chance to kind of prove themselves on a world level and at the biggest competition in our sport. So, you know, for me, um, you know, I did a few Giants live shows back in 2018 or 2019 um you know and then taking the american log press record and i think my track record um you know is what's got me to world's strongest man this coming year but you know to be totally honest i got my invite i was one of those wild card invites back in 2017 that's how i initially got to World strongest man um 2017 was actually my first year as a heavyweight in the sport
0: yep, yep. Uh,
1: i was competing as a 105 athlete all the way to through to 2016. Um, in 2017, I, I won uh, New York's Strongest Man here in the U.S., yep. and that qualified me to compete at the Arnold South Africa in the pro show. Um, also in 2016, I won the Log Press World Championships hosted by Zydrino Savickas. So I had a pretty decent track record as a heavyweight, even when I was competing as a, as a little guy. Yeah. Yep. And um, I, it was, you know, all of those things combined, you know, I was fortunate enough to kind of catch the eye of... Uh, Colin Bryce at Giants Live and the promoters at World's Strongest Man and they were fortunate enough to extend me a wildcard invite um, to Worlds in 2017.
0: Fantastic the, uh, the the next two questions that I have for you we uh, we can decide what's the best order to put them in I think probably the first one I'll ask I think uh, I'm really interested and in, 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 in hope that the listeners uh, will be in, in your personal process or Your your personal history, I guess, from uh, leaving college or university, uh, how did you find the interest in the sport? And then leading through to now, that's probably question one. I do want to get on to uh, eventually talk about the numbers on these lifts because even when I was looking through stuff and thinking, even in pounds or kilograms, it makes no sense. (laughs) It makes no sense. So... (laughs) <laughs> but it obviously does because I've, you watch the videos and, and there's a lot of footage on YouTube that people can can look you up and, and see what's happening. Let, let's start about your, your personal history on how you got to a position to lift the weight that you actually lift now.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's been a long road. Um, so I've, I've actually been doing Strongman for 11 years. Um, I did my first competition when I was 17 years old um, in 2009. And to be honest, it was totally by chance. So I was in high school at the time and there was a teacher that walked by who was also a CrossFit coach. So they had noticed I enjoyed working out. I was decently strong in the weight room um, when I was training at the school. And he was like, oh, you know, like I coach at a CrossFit gym, you know, if you want to come by, we can work on this and, you know, see where we can get you. So I found out really quickly that I sucked at CrossFit, Okay. Uh, but I, I just loved the barbell. I loved lifting heavy and training and learning the mechanics. So, you know, at 17 years old, I was deadlifting over 500 pounds. Uh, so it's, you know, a little over 250 kilos. Yep. They're um, right around 250, 240 maybe. And um, I walked into the gym one morning on a Tuesday and they said, Hey, by the way, there's a strongman competition this weekend. We signed you up for it. So I had never done any of the lifts. I had never, you know, my experience with Strongman was what most people is, is just seeing it on ESPN on on World's Strongest Man, uh, seeing it on TV. So I was like, all right, cool, why not? You know, it's the worst that could happen. So I went to this contest um, at 17 years old. I was the youngest athlete by probably eight to 10 years. And I got my ass kicked. (laughs) Um, I took dead last. And absolutely fell in love with the sport. Yep. Uh, from there I went off to uni, where I, you know, joined the powerlifting team actually. And, you know, while doing that was really just getting a little bit more comfortable with the barbell movements, trying to get stronger under some weight. And then, you know, did another strongman contest where I found um a gym owner who was not far from you know where I was going to school. And so I started training with him every single weekend and, you know, it's actually still the gym I go to today. Sure. I've been a member at that gym for 11 years now. And, you know, I think the most important part about my come up into strongman is like, I was not good to start. Um, it, it took me a, a long, long time. So I took dead last in the first eight competitions I ever did.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and it was unbelievably frustrating, but also I, I just really loved everything about the competitions, the people, the training, and really just tried to kind of dive into the sport head first to learn as much as I could. And I became a student of the sport um, pretty quickly. So, you know, I think the reason why I got to where I am is because, uh, you know, I made my, my priority was goal setting. So after the first few competitions where I came in last, my first goal was don't come in last.
0: Good stop. Yep. <laughs> uh, you
1: know, my, my goal when I started the sport wasn't to, you know, become the pound for pound strongest man in the world. It wasn't to get to world's strongest man. It was just don't come in last. Yeah. Um, you know, so I did that on my ninth competition. Uh, from there, it was don't zero an event. So at every single contest I've done, I had zeroed at least one event, um, okay. which means I didn't get a single rep on, on a lift on one yeah. of the implements. Okay. Um. You know, and if you don't do a rep, you don't move the implement, you don't get any points. Yeah. So that was my next goal is don't zero anything. It wasn't moving up in the placing. Even if I'd taken last and didn't zero, I was still going to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did that on competition number 14. And then it was, okay, so I'm not in last place anymore. I'm not zeroing the events. Uh, let's try to get a trophy for once. So then it was trying to get on the podium and I did that on competition number 17 and that competition I actually won. Um, You know, and then from there, and meanwhile, all this time, I was competing under 200 pounds in body weight. So I was a U90 athlete. Um, You know, from there, I ended up, I had a couple of friends going to the uh, amateur national championships here in the U S in 2011. It was that year. So I was like, yeah, why not? I'll sign up and go see what happens. I had absolutely no expectations whatsoever. Uh, Totally planned on just kind of being somebody that was there, hanging out with my friends and lifting some stuff every once in a while. Um, And I ended up taking second place. Okay. So it, you know, totally took me by surprise. And then it was that moment that I jumped up to the 105 class. So 2012, I went to the Amateur National Championship. And by this time, people had kind of known who I was. Um, I had been you know, lifting some bigger weights. I was getting stronger throughout this entire process, getting better at competing. And uh, so 2012, I went back to the Amateur National Championships as a 105 athlete. And in one of the most heartbreaking losses of my career, um, I had a 13-point lead going into the final event to win the amateur national championship, and I lost.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so I took second place again, um, missing out on my pro card of being a 105 pro. Um, and then, you know, from there, 2013, won the amateur national championship, uh, actually by the largest margin of victory at a national championship ever. Um get that pro card, and I start competing as a 105 pro. So took second place at America's Strongest Man in 2014 and 2015. Uh, 2016, went to 105 World Strongest Man and also did the Log Press World Championships in the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was competing against guys like Vytautas Lalas, uh, Dimitar Sabatinov, just these massive pressers. And again, this, this was actually my first international competition. So, I went with absolutely no expectations. Um, It was, you know, Joey and I going over to Lithuania for a quick weekend trip uh, to go lift a log and then come home and see what happened. And I remember after doing my fourth lift, um, Dimitar came over to me and said, congratulations, you won. I was like, (laughs) what the hell are you talking about? Um, Because I had no idea what everybody else was lifting. I was just so engulfed in the competition and the experience and doing, you know, I was just going out to do what I wanted to do. Uh, and yeah, so at a body weight of 112 kilos, I, I did a log press of 202.5 wow. and you know, one won the world championships in the log press, uh, you know, which kind of shocked myself and everybody else there. Um, and then a month after that is when one Oh five kilo worlds was so, and it was by far the worst weight cut I've ever had in my life. I was completely miserable I had a horrible showing at the competition, and that was the moment where I decided to make the jump up to the heavyweight class. Okay. Um, and then we spoke a little bit about, you know, 2017 winning New York's Strongest Man, going to the Arnold America, uh, the Arnold Africa, going to World's Strongest Man for my first time, and then it's just been a progression, you know, through the heavyweight ranks, and, you know, I, you know, it's kind of considered one of the top 10 strongest men in the world right now.
0: Yeah. It's, as I said, I, I hope that people will... The, the the podcast will appear on 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 YouTube uh, as a visual, and obviously it's on Apple uh, and Podbean and stuff uh, as an audio. But I hope people uh, go and and I'll imagine there'll be people who have seen you compete. But for the people who haven't seen you compete, to go and watch watch the videos. So let's move on to if we talk about about numbers because when you see it or even when you're saying the words. For us mere mortals, it doesn't it doesn't uh, register. So, at the minute, you are the record holder for the log press at what weight? So I have
1: I have two records in the log press actually. Okay. Oh, uh, so I have the 105 world record, um, where I pressed 186 yeah. at a body weight of 105. Um, so that's. You know, so for you know, any Americans listening, at a body weight of two thirty-one, I lifted four hundred and ten pounds, um, and then I also have the American log press record. Um, so at a body weight of about one thirty, um, I just recently pressed two sixteen.
0: It's the w- one of the videos of the. In fact, a number of the the the, the videos that I've watched of you so far, uh, and let's just have a wee. Please, let's have a wee chat on 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 the technique. At 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 most strongmen competitions that you watch on television, there's always a moment where, uh, again, as the layman, you can, it's going to go either way here, and you you'll correct me obviously because technically I I'll, I'll, I'll be all over the place here. But when you when you initially squat and roll the log onto your lap. There's this horrendous looking moment where you're, you're in a low squat with the log and then you roll it to the shoulder and press. Uh, That gives me the fear every time I watch it. So how, how do you work on the technique of that? How do you, because you're not just bench pressing, you're lifting the log or, pulling a truck or lifting the huge sort of stone balls to how, how do you actually train the technique for those, those events?
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, it really just comes down to finding a gym that has some of these implements. Um, you know, there is a resource, um, starting strongman is a great resource and there's an ebook out of like how to train for strongman in a regular gym. Okay. Um, but when it comes down to it and especially being at this level, um, You know we just need to get our hands on the implement and you know i've i've spent you know the past 11 years of my life dedicating four to five days a week in the gym um really just trying to perfect everything about the movements and i think that's the only reason i got to where i am today um you know obviously i'm so for those that are listening and don't know so i'm actually the smallest competitor um on the world's strongest man stage right now um so I've had to make it a point to make sure that my technique is impeccable. You know, I don't have the natural sides of the Stoltman brothers or Thor or Brian Shaw. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I I'm, I'm a pretty average looking dude when I'm walking around the street. So, you know, I need to make sure that my technique in in every event is dialed in because I don't have just the na- natural mass and size yeah. of the other guys where I can just kind of get away with doing the bare minimum and using brute strength in my favor. Um, You know, I am, I'm super strong, which is great, but when it comes down to it. You know, I'm in the top 1% of strength athletes in the world and, you know, to a point mass moves mass. So Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that I'm completely dialed in and everything is working like it needs to, in order for me to, you know, still compete at this level and, you know, really achieve some success.
0: I mean, even the even the the statistic that you, you, you just gave there about being in that that top one one percent uh as a it, it's an honor it's an honor to be sitting chatting today w- with an actual world class athlete at at the top of of your sport uh so it's a it's a great opportunity for myself and and people who are listening. Uh, what is your training like? Can, can we talk a wee bit about just a sort of Monday through Sunday of, yeah. of, of your life and, and the dedication and hours that are needed and what you do? Yeah,
1: you know. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll preface this by saying, you know, living in the U.S. has its has its benefits and its cons, to say the least. Okay. Uh, you know, one of them being we don't have universal health care, so that means I have to have a full time job. Um, so on top of strongman I do work full time. So I work 40 hours a week. Um, and so that means my typical weekly schedule is I train Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Um, you know, during the week I'm up at five o'clock in the morning, uh, to kind of get my first meal in and get my day started. Um, I then, you know, leave my house at about six 30 and I have a one hour drive to work. um, Kind of, you know, I work typically from 7.30 until about 4, 4.30 in the afternoon. Um, and the great thing about my job is it's the exact opposite direction of my gym, which means I have an hour and 30-minute drive to the gym after I get out of work. Yeah. Um, so typically, I'll head straight to the gym after work. Um, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, that means I'm getting to the gym anywhere between, you know, 6.30 and 7 p.m., yeah. Um, you know, those, those lifting days, I'm typically in the gym for between two and three hours, depending on what I'm doing. So Tuesday and Friday are my upper body days where, you know, so Tuesday I'm typically doing a strongman overhead movement, uh, whether it's log press or dumbbell, uh, you know, depending on the competition that's coming up Friday, I call it my bro day, um, or <laughs> it's like bench press and back. So <laughs> Um, that one's a little bit quicker over workout and Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday are my longer days, you know, cause Thursday I squat and deadlift on the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's typically like a three hour session, which means, you know, I get to the gym between six 30 and seven. I do my training. i I get home around 10 30 or 11 o'clock at night. Um, you know, shower, eat, go to bed and, you know, uh, Friday morning, I'll up again at five o'clock. So it's a long day. Yeah. Um, and then Sundays, you know, today is my strongman day. So Sundays are my big days. These are the days I'm at the gym anywhere between four and seven hours, uh, depending on the contest that's coming up, depending on what I have to do for training, um, what, I, what happened during the week. You know, if I had a bad session during the week, I might have to make up an event on Sundays. Yeah. Um, so these are the days that, that are long. And that, that's pretty much how my schedule has looked for the past 11 years.
0: <laughs> when, I, think, I think this is the thing that – or one of the things that separates people, normal normal people to world-class athletes. When you were describing your day, when you got to 4 p.m. I was thinking I would have tapped out by now. So yeah. if people if people are up at five in the morning and then they're working until four, they're ready to go home watch Netflix, have some dinner, but that's where your time as this world, uh, top, top world athlete is just beginning.
1: Yeah, that's when the work really begins.
0: So, so what's the difference then? What, what, what's the difference between you and I? Where do you find that inspiration? Where do you find that, that next level? Where does it come from? Um, you know, I think
1: I've never given my, an op- I've never given myself the opportunity not to do it. Okay. Um, you know, it, honestly, it comes down to, I I don't really care how tired I am. Um, you know, I think from the beginning of our conversation, you can gauge that I'm pretty damn goal oriented yep. and, um, I get obsessed with these goals. You know, if I don't reach them, um, I know that means I didn't work hard enough before. And, uh, that's where it kind of all comes into play. So, you know, like I still haven't reached my goals from 2019 where I wanted to make the top 10 at world's strongest man and top five at the Arnold strongman classic. And, you know, naturally, um, I took 11th place at World strongest man and then sixth place at the Arnold strongman <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Uh, so to me, it just means I didn't do enough. I didn't work hard enough. And that's, that's my biggest motivating factor going into every single training session uh, since then. And it really just um, is kind of this, this like intrinsic obsession and stubbornness that's been ingrained in me since I started this sport. And um, I also think it's just because I know how attainable the goals are. Um, I know they're not far out of reach and it pisses me off that I didn't get them when I wanted to. Yep. So, like I said, it just means I need to work harder and do everything I can in my power to to get everything done that I need to.
0: When, the, the next wee thing, the next wee thing I'd like to chat about is, is the, the, the nutrition that, that's involved. Uh, I, you, you look at someone and again, I'll, 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 I'll mention Thorne Bjornsson. Who was the mountain in Game of Thrones? And he'll be maybe someone that uh, that maybe crosses over, I guess, into the general population. When you see someone, when I look at you, I would think that the your your frame would be that of a of a strong man. But you're saying that you're one of the, if not the smallest, the smallest competitor. And then, well, the mountain. Uh, who's competing with you is so much so much bigger so what nutrition goes into be being someone of that size with that strength uh, and endurance as well because if you're waking up at five in the morning and, and training until eight nine p.m how do you feel that how does someone as big and as strong feel that yeah,
1: you know, so for me, um, I'm eating anywhere between five and seven times a day, depending on depending on what I'm training. Um, you know, to be honest, like I, I'm not one of those guys that's eating, you know, ten thousand calories a day. Um, just because of my frame and my size, I don't need to. Uh my typical daily caloric intake is anywhere between five and six thousand. Um, sometimes a little bit lower. Sometimes it's in the four thousand calorie range. It really all depends. Um and I just eat consistently. You know, I'm I'm eating. You know, like I said, at 5 a.m. Then my next meal is at 9 o'clock, and then 12, and then 2:30 or 3, and then, you know, right before I get to the gym, and then again when I get home. So just spacing out that meal, the meals to really just kind of maintain energy levels throughout the day. Um, you know, coffee is my best friend, and exactly. You know, I'm sipping on mine right now, and, um, you know, I think it really. You know, and then another big thing is just sleep, regulating my sleep and making sure, you know, my goal is to get seven hours of sleep every single night. Um, And I try to keep my sleep schedule as normal as possible, even on the weekends. So, you know, while I'm up at five o'clock in the morning on the weekdays, you know, I still get up between six and 630 on the weekends um, just because I don't want to fall into this rut of, you know, sleeping until eight o'clock on a weekend and then really struggling on a Monday morning to get up out of bed, knowing how much stuff I have to do and get done. Because, yeah. you know, I, I mentioned that, okay, I trained Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, um, you know, but Monday, Wednesday are actually pretty busy days for me as well, because I coach at a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my husband and I also handle all of our merchandise sales from my website. So, it's coming home packing orders and shipping stuff out um and then going to the crossfit gym and coaching and yeah. um so, you know so it just kind of you know there's never there's never a dull moment here in the kearney household that's for sure
0: how was a uh, as i say i i i originally had you, you'd come onto my radar through through the joe rogan experience so how how was that as an experience to yourself being on the biggest podcast in the world and then was there changes to social media numbers and and stuff was that a good experience for you
1: yeah it was so freaking cool so um (laughs) so joe actually started following me after um joey and i got married back in march of 2019 um arnold schwarzenegger he actually celebrated our wedding with us and you know put up a post on his instagram about us and joe started following both me and my husband at that time so in december of last year I, um, you know, was approached by a film crew to start doing a documentary, and we needed to get some funding to get it off the ground. Yep. So I was like, "Well, you know, like Joe Rogan follows me, and you know, like let me just shoot him a message and see if I can go on a show."
0: Yep.
1: Uh, so I, I slid into his DMs and <laughs> completely not expecting a response whatsoever. Uh, about five minutes later, said, "Yeah, let's do it. Come on the show."
0: Fantastic.
1: Uh, so pretty surreal to say the least. Uh, Joe was awesome. to to talk with. And, you know, him and I still stay in touch, actually. Uh, You know, this past week when it was announced that I'm the pound for pound strongest man in the world, he shot me a DM congratulating me. Uh, And, you know, to be honest, it completely changed my entire career. Um, You know, it brought me from about 40,000 followers on Instagram up to over 90 um, Mm -hmm. in about two weeks time. Um, And my sponsorship structure completely changed. Um, You know, I the big kicker here and like I said, you know, not having universal healthcare in the US is, yeah. you know, I I make more money through strongman than I do with my my real job.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, but I need that one for, you know, just in case I get injured or sick. Yeah, um, yeah. uh, you know, and that, you know, really just like that all comes down to to Joe. Um, you know, from Rogan, I was picked up by Gymshark um as their first strongman athlete um that they've ever had. Uh, and then I was also picked up by Animal Pack as a supplement company. Um, and they've been around, you know, since the 1970s. And so to now be working with two of the biggest fitness companies in a, in the industry, uh, you know, Gymshark just eclipsed $1 billion as an or as organization. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, Animal has been around since the 70s. And I'm also sponsored by SPD. Um, you know, so just really being now supported by some of the best companies in the industry really is all because
0: of being on that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. As I say, it's uh, to, to, to be on, just experience that being on the the biggest podcast in the world. It, it's a reflection on yourself. Uh, I've got one more question. Uh, I, I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, one, one observation I, w- I would like to make is, is that since I got in touch with you, you've been an absolute gentleman. And I think that that, that's a reflection on yourself as a person and uh and on your character as well because i heard about you on the biggest podcast in the world and the the way that you've in- interacted with me on what's probably at the moment the smallest <laughs> podcast in the world <laughs> is, uh, is a is a, is a reflection on yourself to be honest so so thank you for that uh Okay, last question. Last question is we, we, we just kind of talked about goals and uh, having that challenge all the time. But what, what's your career goal? What's your – the ultimate goals, not, not just for a season or a year, but looking back and how long do you want to compete for? How, is that something you think about? Or
1: um, You know, yeah. you know. So I'm 28 right now. And, you know, my husband and I have had the conversation. I kind of said 35 is when, I, when I'm going to take a step back and kind of evaluate what I've done in my career, where I've been, and the, you know, kind of the things that I've done. Um, I've al- also said, you know, if, if I win World's Strongest Man, I will retire on the spot.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, if I win that competition one time, uh, you know, I'm going to go out, I'm going to pull an Eddie Hall, go out on top <laughs> and never compete again. Um, you know, just because I know how difficult it would be for somebody like me to go back and recreate that a second time. You know, for guys like Brian Shaw, it's going to be a little bit easier because you're hundred and forty 440 pounds, and, you know, you just have that natural ability. But, if, you know, if I were to win, um, I would just take take the trophy and peace out. Um, that being said, winning World's Strongest Man isn't my ultimate goal. Uh, I, I Obviously, I'm going to train for it, and I would love for it to happen. But, my biggest goal in my, 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 my number one career goal is to leave a positive legacy of, you know, love, happiness, um, and then just like really positive work ethic. I think if people can look back on my career and say, you know, this was an awesome dude. He worked his ass off to get where he is. Um, and really nothing ever really got him down and just a consistent competitor and, You know, I kind of pride myself in being, you know, named the fan favorite at a few different contests. Um, You know, and to me, that is more important than any trophy that I can win. Um, You know, the titles will, they'll come and go. uh, But, you know, if I can be known as just a great person, um, a great athlete, and leaving a really positive legacy, that to me is more important than a
0: trophy. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Uh, As I say, it's a... It's, it's early in the morning or just going on to just before 10 now, uh, where you are in the States at the moment. So I will let you get on with your day. Uh, thank you, Rob, as I say, from the very first contact that I made with you. You've been an absolute gentleman. So I appreciate that and, and obviously wish you every success and happiness in the future. Thank you
1: so much, man. I really appreciate that.
0: Okay. Thank you, Rob. That's been fantastic. Have a great you day. Take you care. care. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.